Welcome to Oil & Whiskey, an Ironclad Original. I am Josh Henning. I'm Phil Gerber. I'm Jeremy Gerber. Welcome everybody back to Oil & Whiskey, an Ironclad Original, presented by Blade HQ. Whether you're into cars, motorcycles, hunting, fishing, grilling, or any number of things, you've got the tools that you swear by. Have you ever noticed that the tool that finds its way into every job is a knife? Do you have the knife that you swear by? If not, it's time you got yourself one, and Blade HQ is the place to get it. They've got knives to fit any hand, any belt, any job, and any budget. Just go to bladehq.com slash oilandwhiskey to shop their selection of knives. Today's guest is TV host and producer and author, Courtney Hansen. This week, we're mixing it up a little bit different, changing things up. We're going to be releasing part one of this episode featuring our interview with Courtney today, and then releasing the rest of the episode featuring the glove box, whiskey throttle, and more on Thursday. Hmm. Two, one episode. Two parts. Two parts. Two days. Two days. Yep. Wow. I'll, we'll I thought you were going it. a little further with that. That was it. Was, no, <laughs> that's, that's it. Courtney Hansen is a TV personality and car enthusiast has, who has hosted and co-hosted shows including Overhauling, Rides, Biggest Spenders, Million Dollar Motors on TLC, Spike TV's Power Block slash Power Nation, Velocity Channel's Vincetta Garage, The Ride That Got Away, and many others. She's also regularly interviews top drivers for NASCAR and hosts Barrett Jackson auctions, pre and post auction shows. She's also the author of the automotive how-to book, Garage Girl's Guide to Everything You Need to Know About Your Car, as well as writing for car writing on cars for Celebrity Car Magazine and FHM Magazine. You can find more about her by visiting her website, CourtneyHanson.com, or following her on Instagram at Courtney underscore Hanson. She's also going to be dropping some very big, exciting news that you will only hear here on Oil and Whiskey. First, a little insider info, huh? We're going to do a little breaking news, little scroller on the bottom. Courtney Hansen, welcome to Oil and Whiskey. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, we've been looking forward to this one. Um, you've been a, uh, a mainstay. We're obviously not friends. We don't know each other personally, but you've been a mainstay in all of our lives, you know, Growing up, watching all the car shows, you've been on just about every single one of them. So this is, uh, this is an honor. <laughs> yeah, we not long ago met and chatted with your buddy, Chris Jacobs. So we're usually, you know, I've seen you guys together in the past on these car shows. And it was cool chatting with him. And we're looking forward to chatting with you. Thank you. It's an honor to be on. And I watched Chris's uh, episode. So he was great talking about long lost family. And he's such a pro, such yeah, a good dude. A, such yeah, he's a sweetheart, man. I, I enjoyed talking to him. Just, made, me, made me feel even worse about myself. I mean, yeah, just, just, he's such a good dude. Just a genuinely nice guy. Yeah. He's the best guy ever, and now he's a father, and it makes him even that much sweeter. Awesome. I love Chris. So like we do with pretty much every guest, we kind of try to start from the beginning. Um, so tell us a little bit how you kind of got your start. I know your family owned a racetrack. You've been kind of around this your whole life, so tell us a little bit about that. I grew up a pit kid. Um, my family owned Brainerd International Raceway in Minnesota, and um, I grew up at the racetracks. I was always hanging at, at our track and all the tracks throughout the Midwest and uh, in the garages with my dad and uh, the mechanics and, and builders. And that was my life. That's all I knew was the racetrack life and the motorhome life going from track to track. And um, my dad raced SCCA, Sports Car Club of America, won 27 national championships in SCCA. Um, I don't think anybody touches that record. And he Winningest taught Paul Newman. SCCA history. 
Yeah, he's yeah, he he definitely is. And he holds some cool track records. And um, so I just I, I grew up watching my dad race and, and hanging at the tracks and um, kind of a cool story. My dad um, brought the late Paul Newman to our racetrack. He raced the Trans Am series with my dad. And it's because my dad kind of helped him um, become a better driver. And and he was like, you know, how can I repay you? Can I take your family to dinner in Atlanta? Can we do something like fun with our families? And my dad's like, I'll tell you what you can do. You can come to Minnesota and uh, come to Brainerd and race the Trans Am series there and bring attention to our racetrack. So Paul Newman came and he loved it. And he came for 20 years and he stayed at our cabin with his family and his whole like crew. They stayed at our cabin. And so, so that was my life. And that was my like, you know, intro since day one into uh, the automotive world. So did you know at that young age that, I mean, obviously that you knew (laughs) that was your world. Did you know that like, you're going to, you're just going to be in this world or was it like, yeah, I've got to get out of this and like find something else. And you gravitated back towards it or what? <laughs> it's like, the, a, like the kid who grew up with the dad on a construction site. It's yeah. like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I mean, this, is, this is not what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Right. It was more like that. Like the second one, I, I didn't, I didn't really think about it. You know, I always knew that I liked cars. I, I liked, you know, driving around with my dad. I like driving them myself. Um, obviously I like the way they sound and look and all of that. But, and so it's like a, part of me but I never thought that I would have a career in automotive and I'm I'm also like um it's this dichotomy because I'm also feminine and girly and I I'm not just a tomboy and so I was really into fashion and I did stuff uh with tv my whole life and so um no I didn't really think that I was going to you know have a career in automotive and my parents were like we support anything you do but we really don't want you guys to be race car drivers and my sister is a badass if she would have raced nascar or nhr she would she would be killing it and she regrets that she didn't but um but i i didn't have that like in my blood either that that part of it so it was just really interesting when i was working on a tv hosting career in la and uh, my agent called and said what do you know about cars and 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 i was like well i i know a good bit i grew up you know, with father who raced and we had a racetrack and, and I, I, I know my way around an engine and a car. And, and he's like, well, they don't even want to see you for this audition unless you know everything there is to know about cars and about chip foos. And, and um, I was just learning about foos. So I literally pulled like 48 hours straight, just up reading everything that I could read and everything that I could absorb about, you know, engine mechanics and car fabrication and chip foos and all of it. And went in for that audition. And apparently they were impressed. <laughs> I got the job and it changed my life. Thank you, Bud Bretzman and, and that crew. Um, and we heard a really, we heard a really similar story from Chris Jacobs, but I think they went after him just for his looks alone. Cause he didn't have to do all the in-depth car interview. No, I, have, okay, so, no, I have to take Chris to the next level. So, so they had chosen this guy and I'm so glad they didn't go this direction. I, I'll stop there. But anyway, they, they had chosen a guy who ended up to have, um, I guess he was a friend of Bud's and, and then there was something going on in his life where he couldn't do the show. It was and a so, friend of Bud's. That's the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it, right? Yep. And so, so they were like, um, Courtney, do you want to be part of the audition process where we figure out who's going to be the co-host? Because they wanted us to have chemistry and, and they just, I guess, wanted my input. So AJ, Adrian was there. Um, it was just her birthday and I just posted a bunch of pictures last night. I'm super grateful to her too, because she was a part of the whole thing. But, um, so I sat in for the interview process where they talked to like, I don't know, like 40 or 50 different potential hosts. 
And, and we all were like, bam, Chris. And then we had chemistry where this, you know, the, the height thing worked, he's tall, I'm tall. So it just, it was a perfect fit, but I got to see him audition and he was amazing. Of course, it was like a, a no brainer. And I'd love to have sat there to see the not amazing ones. That's got to be an interesting <laughs> line of work to see what kind of shit rolled, <laughs> rolled in for. Yeah, I, I like your Probably. choice of words. Well, there's, I'm amazing. sure, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of confidence, you know, like self-confidence that maybe they shouldn't, shouldn't be, shouldn't yeah. be, I'm guessing. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I'm not well, a TV guy. Interesting. You said that about the height thing. I never would have thought about that. Like you said, you got to have the, have the chemistry and then you've got to kind of look good on camera, but you've got to have the, I mean, you know, Danny DeVito couldn't come in there and, you know, kill it on everything. And then, you know, it would did like Schwarzenegger. That's, I wonder if that's why Bud never called me for that job. It could but the five, five and a half thing. Like that could have, could have been the breaking point. On it. Probably I know would. a shitload about cars, you know, but man, damn, I guess a, a, no future in TV so for good. me. There were a lot that were not good. And there was, and there were many people who just the, the height thing didn't work out, but Chris was perfect. And then, I mean, look at his career and how amazing he is and all the shows he's done. And he's the best host out there. He's incredible. So happy for him. You did an awesome job as well. I mean, it was, uh, I know for us, I mean, it was, there was nothing else there, out there like it, you know, and it was, it was family TV. I mean, it was feel good. There was, there was stuff that was for a car TV show. It was legitimate One of the best. enough about, you know, cars and stuff. And there was no, you know, you could tell like deadlines were real. You're like, they think, can't fake that shit. Yeah. You know, it's a good combination. I mean, you've got a you know, great host and then you've got chip, great talent. You know, it's not like watching bad chat or whatever that <laughs> is. Where do, That's two know. references in this podcast. Right. This is I'm good. just dropping heaters. But yeah. You get a lot of talent on that show. It's cool to watch. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you don't get better than foods, right? The legends. And I'm sure you heard from Chris and chip about our deadlines. They were real. It was seven-day builds, reveal the car on the eighth day, and it was always that last-minute scramble, and the cars had to drive. And so that was th those deadlines were legit, and we really did it in that amount of time. So I can attest to it. The, uh, so being around cars that early, um, you had to start driving pretty early. There's got to be some stories about that. What did you, uh, what did you start driving first, and uh, how, what age were you? Everything, everything with an engine since I, I literally could could touch the gas pedal. And even when I couldn't, um, I was sitting on my dad's lap driving our family motorhome at age two, like steering. Motorhome. And my dad, I love both my parents. I always give my dad all this credit. But my mom, my mom's a car girl, too. And she's really cool. And so my parents were very much like, let's instill confidence in our kids to drive everything with an engine. Um, and so so everything. Um go-karts and three-wheelers and four-wheelers and motorcycles and boats and waivers and jet skis and, and everything so um pretty cool we, we had a cabin in northern minnesota the one that paul newman came to that was just about 30 minutes away from the racetrack so it was north of brainerd um on the whitefish chain so gorgeous and we would spend a day at the racetrack and then every, pretty much every day <laughs> um during the summers and then we would go to our cabin and it was on a gorgeous lake and we had a garage full of vehicles and in that garage was everything you can imagine um multiple motorcycles all different sizes like some for the little littler you know us kids and then for the adults uh three wheelers four wheelers again everything that you can imagine and there was golf carts in there too and, and we would just decide like okay what do we want to drive today what do we want to ride today and we would do these family trail rides and 
everybody, all of our friends and family, Paul Newman's crew, everybody would just get on something and we would drive through the woods and, and we would make these, um, you know, figure eight uh, tracks on the beach. And then after like many hours of that, we would all like jump in the water and then it was jet skis and wave runners and boats and speed boats. And that's that's, that's heaven that. right there. You are literally describing heaven. Whoever drew the short heaven. straw got the three wheeler. That's for well, they're, sure. They're not, yeah, with, they're not with us anymore. Yeah. <laughs> It was heaven. Whenever my sister and like my sister will bitch about certain, I'm like Jordan. We had the ultimate life growing up. I mean, it, it, like you can't beat that life. That is so and, cool. Um, Having a yeah, racetrack, your very own racetrack at your disposal. Like I, I know, imagine. just thinking, you know, the thoughts are going through my mind, especially with us being 14, 15, 16. I don't know the best thing to drive on a racetrack when you can or not the race cars. Right. So the stuff that, yeah, doesn't, the stuff that doesn't go on the racetrack. <laughs> I mean, did any of that go on? You said golf carts. You said three wheelers. I'm already I kind of got it all figured out in my head what I'd be doing. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, no wild well, stories a, tearing up the racetrack or so many accidents. By the way, like where people didn't know how to drive something because like we would just trust our friends to just get on the front. And so I mean, people took golf carts into trees and flipped motorcycles and nearly died. Like we had crazy stories, but. I was actually riding passenger on a motorcycle and um, the embankments are really steep at BIR and Brainerd Raceway. And um, my dad had said to me, listen, you can ride anything that you want, drive anything you want anytime, but do not ever get on the back of a motorcycle with anybody ever, like over my dead body, will you ever do that? Right. So this one day I, I was forgetting those words and I got on the back of a motorcycle with a, a, a girl who was like 15. I was 12 and um, she went the wrong way around the racetrack. And so she got caught in the, one of the steep embankments in, in the gravel. And I watched it happening. Like I remember it in slow motion. She hit the gravel going way too fast. And I flew off. I flew, I'm told like 30 feet in the air, landed on my back. I could have died. And they were all, there was two doctors playing Frisbee, like not far from us on the infield. And they were like, don't touch her, don't move her. They thought I died or I'd broken my neck or back. And um, it turned out all I, all I did was break my left arm in six places. But um, my dad was like standing, standing over me and I'm like, oh my God. The one told you. <laughs> yes. I'm so there's not, an example. I'm not mad. And, I'm disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> oh shoot! Where'd you guys go? Oh no! Wait, where are you? There you go. No, I'm here. You. Ah, sorry. Okay. Um. So yeah, that was that was that's a story, and it kind of put a little fear of motorcycles in me that I've tried to over the years um get over, but I still ride them. So yeah, letting somebody else ride is always who's not into it. <laughs> the amount of stories we had growing up, yeah. and we've got a whole episode of the show dedicated to mostly people jumping on a dirt bike, not knowing what they're doing called whiskey throttle, grabbing a handful of throttle and just into a fence, into a house. You ever think back Is about it... all the nice things that you had until you let that friend or that neighborhood oh, yeah. that came over go-karts. Usually it was always like oh. front suspension ripped off of go-karts. Yeah. I feel like you're in my head right now because <laughs> I've got to share the story with you because you're going to love this. It's Krasny. Yeah. 80, not, probably oh. 1989, 1991, somewhere in that window, Keith Krasny. In the backyard on, I love it. I love on a good Phil's, story. Phil's little uh, fucking go-kart. And I'm like throwing these. We made this track. He's ripping around. I throw something at him, like a stick or something. And he dodges it. And he's full speed. I mean, we had the governor off this thing, five-horse Briggs. It's, it's hauling it's ass. Yeah. Right. 
swerves off the track, just catches like a 400 year old oak tree dead in the middle <laughs> of the thing. And it just, it took the frame and rolled the whole thing up, buckled it in the middle. It was pretty cool, but that never, was never drove. That, that was yet. one of the yeah, first. I didn't have a go-kart yeah. anymore. No, it was one of the first times that I ever welded anything because my dad made us cut the front of it off and fix it and weld it back on as a mess, but not <laughs> something I'm proud of. But yeah. Go-karts, man. Good times. All those friends always, like you said, you you just trusted <laughs> yep. that they knew how to do it. I mean, you knew how to do it, so you just trusted, you know, hop in, go ahead. And then uh, it usually ended in disaster. Yeah. It's phenomenal totally. advice, though. Never get on the back of a motorcycle with somebody else. Yeah. And so now I tell my daughter that, too. And, and we teach her to drive. Like, I'm, I'm taking my dad's lead, and my daughter's eight. She's more of a car enthusiast than I am. Before she said mom, she said car. I swear. It's, like, in her blood. And so she 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 drives she's always on our lap she's like let me drive this let me drive that and and she's driving our we have a moke which is like a golf cart in 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 uh, florida and she drives that but um but i I'm, I'm saying the same thing to her um do not ever get on the back of anything and even cars like i don't want her just getting in a car with someone who doesn't really know how to drive because most people don't yeah so like every uber driver out there <laughs> you drive for a living and you're the worst at it <laughs> can't even handle it i can't handle it because i'm the worst backseat driver and then i get a bad rating because i'm backseat driving <laughs> <laughs> the, the passengers get ratings huh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you yeah. also get charged for hey. a cleanup fee <laughs> yeah that's right i yeah you do you? what yeah. are you doing in there that needs a cleanup fee <laughs> yeah that's uh yeah he's having like a few too few too many of these guys here one night yeah, yeah. my birthday party and he's we were <laughs> We were down, it's a, it's a short story. We were down in the city uh, celebrating Jeremy's birthday. Uh, we were all down there with our wives. We went to a couple of different bars, went, had great dinner, um, and we're drinking way too much. Um, and so like smart, uh, you know, we Ubered back. It's about 45 to 50 minutes from the city on an Uber ride. Um, this was This was at the height of COVID. So it was like, you couldn't even like get on your app to get an Uber without having a mask on, you know? So it was, everybody's masked up. So climbed off into this Uber in the back seat and uh, masked up. And I mean, we weren't even on the interstate yet. And I knew that it was going to be a bad ride. I mean, I was, I was a little over the top. Plus this guy was the worst fucking driver ever. And then you're in oh. the back seat and it's just, it's so bad. Oh. back and forth, back and forth. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. And I was drunk and I had a mask on. Um, let's not forget the part <laughs> that I had the mask on. And you forgot. Well, you did yeah, forget. I said, <laughs> let's, let's not forget because I did forget at that po point that I had a mask on. So it was the, like putting a jet ski in neutral, isn't it? <laughs> I, I did the little uh, slide the window out, you know, and uh, head out the window. And I thought I, I thought everything was good. Um, and we got home and uh, it, we got out. My wife's like, oh, my God, look at the side of his car. And I mean, it was it was you know, done. Oh, a, no. I'd, I'd done a job on it. And, uh, so that's funny Dude. enough. Right. And then yeah. I get in and realize that most of that was still in my mask too. So not oh, only, not God. only, did, yeah, I, yeah. I'll tell you what, I always, to gross you out, but, I always <laughs> dreamed, Josh knows how to impress yeah. the ladies. I always <laughs> dreamed of the first time we met Courtney Hanson that we'd tell her stories about vomiting all of ourselves. That's good. Wait, Courtney's been around guys questions. her whole life. She's a guarantee. She's seen some drunk car guys. Definitely, definitely, without a doubt. That's pretty much all I'm surrounded by. Um, why did you not pull down the mask? To... Well, that's a great question, Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> Had you been there to ask that at the time? Yeah. Yeah. And what was the cleanup fee? Uh, I think it was two fifty. 
that's about that's right. And they just ring your account on that? Oh, yeah. There's no getting away from it. No, it's just, yeah. I tried. There's no getting away. You're paying that account if you ever want to ride an Uber. Ever. So. And you got like zero stars. Yeah. He was not happy. Uh, sorry to derail that a little bit. Uh, <laughs> now, transitioning into you being an author. Uh, tell us about your book. <laughs> Perfect transition. So, um, in 2005, I published a book. I mean, this is uh, like a ways back now, but it just, um, it was a book for women really. And first time, you know, like people who are becoming car enthusiasts and, uh, called the garage girl's guide. So everything you need to know about your car. So it was just a fun project and I actually have ideas for a second book, but right now I have to get this TV project off the ground which is coming next month. Are you, and, are you um, ready to yeah. drop that here? No one else knows about this at all. If this has not gone live. <laughs> like, I, I don't even know where to begin. I just like to sum it up. This has been the absolute grind of my life. And it's a testament to the fact that you really can do absolutely anything if you put your mind to it. And I've told my daughter over and over and over, and she's seen it, that you have to persevere and never give up. And if you just keep going and don't let anything slow you down and don't take no for an answer and find a way, get creative when you're faced with unimaginable challenges. Um, it's a miracle of God <laughs> that after two years and a global pandemic, this show is about to air on Motor Trend in prime time on Wednesday nights and on their app. Um, it's called Ride of Your Life with Courtney Hansen. And the network added the Courtney Hansen part. And um and I'm ex I, I couldn't be more excited. So here, here's what we do. It's a reality show. It's a reality docu-series. And um, we have world-renowned car designer, Will Posey of Big Oak Garage, and an incredible team of super talented guys. Um, and we have a female interior specialist, Chelsea, who is a badass and she's gorgeous and she and I have become the best of friends. Um, we have this team of young guys in their twenties and thirties who can, who've been building cars since they were four years old and will designs these vehicles and our kick-ass team builds them. And I joined the mix and um, we give the cars to deserving people who had to say goodbye to their classic car truck at one point in life. And they've longed to get that car back all these years. Um, we make it into the work of art that they always imagined, similar to Overholland, and we surprise them with this free vehicle and elaborate reveals that incorporate celebrities and really cool places like Broadway in Nashville and Joey Logano's garage in Charlotte and places like that. And um, it is so special. It's funny. It makes you laugh. We have characters. There's drama. And it's 100% real. Nothing is uh, contrived. It is all completely organic and real to what's happening at Royal Garage. I'm the owner of the custom car garage. It's called Royal Garage, which stands for Ride of Your Life Garage. We do know how to spell. <laughs> and um, and we th this season was based in Georgia. We were in Atlanta. And uh, we did 12 episodes, 12 cars. And each one is completely unique. And uh, the first one premieres on August 24th, which is a Wednesday night. I'm told 10 p.m. Uh, in Motor Trend Prime Time. I'm so excited. That is, that is sweet. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing that one. That sounds like a good crew and good concept. Yeah, we know Will well from Big Oak and... I'm surprised yeah. he kept that under wraps. Yeah. I'd be like touting yeah. that, you know. That's, that's street cred in our industry. 
So 12 episodes. I told the guys, I was like, please don't say anything. The network has asked me not to. So we're, we're about to uh, make the big announcement. And I am just so excited that it all ended here. Like, this is the perfect fit. And um, it's a long road. COVID, you know, with COVID, we had so many COVID shutdowns. I was hospitalized with COVID. Um, we had product shortages, as you guys know. I mean, it was tough to get these cars built um, in the amount of time we wanted to. Um, we, had, we, we were delayed like a year because of all of that. And then we lost sponsor dollars due to COVID. There was just so many things that stood against us. So we made it. We're here. And well, so that's, that's it. And perseverance. That's, <laughs> that's what it's yeah. all about. Yeah, we do this for a living, yeah. building these cars. So I know what it's like <laughs> to deal with all that COVID crap. It's uh, has not been easy, been quite the challenge. And to do it when you're under the gun like that on TV is probably not the most ideal either. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting it was- you talked about perseverance. We, we This has become pretty much the theme of the show um we should you know, i want to i think we should change incorporate that in the name oil and whiskey perseverance, <laughs> perseverance. yeah it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have a good ring to it honestly just slide it in there they put work on it yeah, at the, the end of the, the just put it right at the end oil and whiskey perseverance. So, I mean, all 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 builders and we've had bands on here we've had bartenders we've had just about everybody um from all different types of walks of life and it the story the same thing it's just you know just not giving up no matter how hard it gets you you've got your eye on the prize and you know what you want to do and you keep on um and you you just persevere um it's interesting you talk about that too in your line of the work that it's how long have you been working on this show i mean you said with covid and stuff three years three years two years so i years. well Jeez. so i did another show um i don't know if you guys ever heard about it or saw it um i did a show called the ride that got away uh, which was for History Channel, FYI Network, and Amazon Prime. And it was similar, but but it was a different format. It was more of a kind of a hosty style o- overhauling format show. And this is total reality docuseries. And um, that one I was working on in 2017 and 18, and it, and it aired in 2018. But we, we shifted gears and we, we took a lot of notes from different networks and um, producer friends and people I respect in the industry um, and made this a, a reality docu-series, uh, no formula to it besides the fact that we built a car in each episode. And, you know, we, we have a strong focus on big characters. So you will see they are, they're funny and they're super dynamic and they're, they're a pain in my ass at times. <laughs> <laughs> Our parts guy, I'm, I'm sure you guys are familiar with Steve Cook of Steve Cook Creations, yep. his son, Mike, we call him mini Mike. He goes by the evil midget. Mike yes. is our part guy. And I absolutely adore him. And he makes my life <laughs> a living nightmare. No, but I absolutely adore Mike. And he is our, he, I think he's our, our star that shines the brightest. And, um, but all the guys are amazing in their own way. Um, but so we have characters and then there's a, there's a focus on the female boss element. Uh, we were told that that, that was kind of, uh, that was attractive to the networks and, um, definitely motor trend. And then I don't know, it's just, it's a lot different from the ride that got away. So it's a completely different series. And, and, um, I just wanted to make that known, but this particular show I've been working on for over two years and we expected that it was going to be on the air over a year ago. So it's just so gratifying that we're finally, you know, coming across the finish line. And I could not be happier with how it looks and with our team and with Motor Trend. And we'll be on their app as well. That's awesome. Congrats on that. 
it's gonna be cool with your level of uh of experience do you get to kind of throw your weight around and be like no 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 this is what i want to do this is the direction i want to see it go you know like will and i have the most amazing rapport will is he's a genius at what he does and unbelievably talented his paint jobs are insane like if there's anything i've ever i'm like really that really that color and he's like trust me and then it comes i'm like oh it's so perfect and outside the box like he, he goes outside the box um on our premiere episode we did a couple things that are totally outside the box and maybe i can tell you we built a grand national and we did two things that are really outside the box you and painted so, it white I, instead of black didn't you it's not black (laughs) (laughs) and we did something else that's even crazier so but but will and i have never butted heads i have like the utmost respect for will and i i believe that goes both ways and we just um we we have a blast and and there's like a mutual there's a respect among all of us and i i I hate micromanaging i just want to hire the best people to do what they do and let them go and do it and so if chelsea has thoughts on the interior, like she and Will can sort that out and they can do whatever the heck they want to do. Um, we have, we have a build that we're finishing right now and then we're done. Um, and the, the, the paint color is very interesting. It's, it's, it inqu- it's pinky. It's a pinky color. Yeah, pinky. Um, Pink, on a, pinkish. On a truck, it's pinkish. On a square body. <laughs> on a Ooh. square body. <laughs> Ooh, that's a lot of and, pinkish. And the, and the interiors are really interesting choice as well, but it's beautiful and it works. And so, I mean, I guess that's an example of just like trusting that they know what they're doing and it's going to be great. And so everybody just fulfills their, their job perfectly. And it's this amazing camaraderie. And the only thing that makes me upset is if people are late or if people are coming to work drunk or hungover, it doesn't happen often, but it has. Yeah, the <laughs> drunk, when they're 20, the drunk you know? thing, like, so hungover is one thing, but coming to work like fully intoxicated is <laughs> yeah, that's a, that one is done fly. Yeah, that, it, it was debatable. I, they they said they were hungover, but I, I was like, "There's not a chance that you guys are." Well, anyways, it's it's part of an episode. But, um, Did he get an Uber? Not... Did he get an Uber cleanup fee? That's that's the <laughs> test. Because that's a hell of a, he might still be drunk. Then yeah, I can understand that. If, if so, I hope I wasn't billed for it. But um, but yeah, we worked that into the episodes too. You know, I and I understand they like to party, and these guys are in their twenties and early thirties, and it's like yeah, go and have fun, but. We also have to get these builds done in a short amount of time and they have to be five star and we have to give them to these lovely people. So um, there's a lot going on with Ride of Your Life. But that's awesome. What's the time? What's the time frame on building a car like that when you do it for the show? It's hard to say because of the COVID shutdowns and everything. But what we were aiming for was a couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, and and these, these cars for rust buckets like we take rust buckets because the people don't own the cars like over on so we're going and buying these cars and then i realized we need to be buying better cars so that we don't have to work so hard <laughs> key to car building <laughs> and that's what mike says mike's like do you not understand by now that you need to buy better cars so that we don't have to the money so hard on the, the money is going to be spent regardless the same amount of money one way or the other spent generally it. way more the worse the car is in the long run. Yes. And then we have both sides of the camera. It's not just the builders, but it's the production. Production. Crew. So it's like, I, I, I learned that one the hard way. So we'll get better cars next time. But oh. these cars were pieces of crap and they, they become works of art. So do you have any awesome stories of, uh, of the reveal and giving the cars to customers that you can share? Or do we got to stay tuned in and, and watch the show or just um, your, your impression? How was it 
giving people their dream cars? So we, we, we talk with the family and uh, so we find out what their dream car would be. And, um, and then Will goes outside the box and he pushes the limits and he's like, all right, so they wanted a black car. Well, we're making this one black and gold or like they wanted this engine. Well, we're about to do this. And so um, he convinces the family members to get like creative with this and to let us go outside the box and have fun with it. And, uh, and the people are so overwhelmed with joy and just surprised. They're, they're all like in their own way in a complete state of shock. Cause again, they didn't have the car. So it's not like the car was, you know, stolen, like overhauling and they're thinking, hmm, maybe I'm going to get this back at some point in a week. Um, in this case, they never, they didn't know it was coming. So the reactions are priceless and people are, are like literally like having heart attacks and shock, <laughs> like no way. Is this cool. for real? Um, in the premiere episode, the guy, his, I love his reaction. It's priceless. And, um, and they're also different. You know, we, we, we have people who are really enthusiastic and then those who are m- more subdued, but you can just like, you know, the camera pulls in on their emotion and you can just like see how emotional they are and, and that they're like fighting back tears or that they're just overwhelmed with shock. And, and so, um, and we, we build cars for women too. I wish we were going to do more of them next season. And, and um, not everything is American, most, but we we built a VW, and coolest one I've ever seen. And uh, so, it, yeah, the the reveals are are amazing and all totally different. Like we do everything from country music to NASCAR to like the you know um, caffeine and octane car show situation to uh, whatever the interests are that that person has. Like we try to tie it into their their life and still make it something cool um that will appeal to the viewers so awesome that's something to look forward to so you said uh, august 24th 10 p.m on motor trend right the ride yeah, of I your life 10, i think it's 10 p.m yeah ride of your life and they put my name with it <laughs> i guess that's irrelevant and i i think you'll like it it, it like checks all the boxes of being fun and uh, entertaining and the and the cars are works of art and we do a lot of really cool stuff to the cars and then there's the heartfelt ending that kind of I think will make you cry a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. Tear oh, with uh with all your experience in the um TV world, predominantly automotive, um what what do you what have you seen changed um since you know since overhaul to now? What are some highlights or things that you're like we're going you know, things are moving this direction. Just, we don't watch a lot of TV, to be honest with you. We, yeah. we don't have a lot of time to watch a lot of TV. Um, but I get it. But give us some insight in the uh, automotive world of television and what what people are wanting, where it's going, what, what you're seeing different than what it was. I think the biggest thing that comes to mind is there are more women in the mix. And whether it's, you know, Constance on uh, Rust Riches or... Um, you know, Chrissy Lee and, and, and Adrian, Janik and the women in the scene and, and in the racing world. And um, there are more female uh, car designers and more women watching the shows. I, I feel like my fan base has uh, shifted a bit and I have more female fans than ever. And so that's really exciting to me. And um, I feel like the younger generation, I mean, obviously we're kind of shifting away from cars and into electronics and, and other things. And that makes me sad. Uh, and so I'm doing everything I can to like hopefully inspire the younger generation. And, and I, I think it's cool that we have, so I, I'm the oldest one on Ride of Your Life. 
<laughs> and our project manager, Jesse, who's awesome. Uh, Jesse Spade. I don't know if you guys know him. Um, he, he builds bikes and, and cars and, and he's a badass. He's, he's best friends with Brian Fuller, who I, I know, you know, That's Spade, um, and so, Spade made, doesn't yeah, he have a chunk? Uh, Spade, Spade creations. Spade creations. Yeah. He's, he's out of Atlanta. Um, and so what was my point? Oh yeah. The younger generation that I'm just trying to like in, in, inspire the young ones and, and get, and, and hopefully keep inspiring more women. But I feel like that's a big shift. And then the electric car thing, I just can't like, I appreciate electric cars and, and like, I, I love, you know, I had fun behind the wheel of a Tesla, but like, I just, I'm not. You're being, you're being so reserved. Courtney, cut loose. Say, tell the <laughs> truth about what you feel about electric cars. I just, I just don't like them. I don't like electric <laughs> cars. I don't like where we're going with it. And you know what? They're not, we could go on for days about how they're not necessarily better for the environment. And like, I'm sure you guys have already dealt with that topic. And so like, it's debatable. Right. And so like, I want that visceral feeling of driving a car with a combustion engine. I want to hear it. I want to smell it. I want to feel it. I want to shift gears. Like, well, here's my, so the- my, my youth was spent so much of it cruising around North Georgia in parking lots and revving those engines. And in that era, most life and babies were created specifically due to the sound of the engine and the babies were created. Yeah. Cause that yes. You're ch- yes, absolutely. And I'm telling you this generation, like Southern mating call, how are you going to, she, she knows, she's been in the gotcha. South long enough. She knows, yeah. How are, how are you going to, I'm telling you what, this is good. This is a fucking problem. Cause you can't, tr- you can't cruise. The, the local Piggly uh, Wiggly parking lot on a, on, on a Friday night with a Tesla and and pull any type of chips. So this is going to drag no. down this is going to drag down the population is what you're saying. Absolutely. <laughs> and Elon Musk has been talking about that, right? Like we have a we need to reproduce more. Isn't that what he's saying? That there's a pop, that's future what, population. Problem. That's what he's saying. There's I mean, there's 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 different differing so, opinions on the population. So but Fox body Mustangs with Flowmasters is basically what we need. Like, yeah, we need yeah. more Fox body Mustangs with flow mask. Cause I'm telling you what, Courtney, you know, this is from a female standpoint. This is from a male standpoint that I'm talking about you. How many in 1997 hanging out? If, if a car came through, first of all, a Cavalier made no noise. So a dude driving a Cavalier wasn't getting late. The dude in the Mustang and the Camaro and stuff like that. The Z24 had a little, you know, it was a little rappy. No, you, Z24 got the leftovers after all the Mustang and Camaro guys were done. All right? Well, wait, I, I got to pause the way, there. To, Go ahead. I, I got to ask. So, sorry, sorry. I got to ask Courtney. You clearly thought like you were badass. Like now from a, a women's perspective, <laughs> she's probably over there like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? There's another one of these I don't need fucking douchebags. I don't need that bubble bursted. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're badass for sure. And uh, we're never going to hear the end of this. You're speaking my language for sure. So you said Fox body. We built a Fox body. Not with Flowmaster though. Mag- Magnaflow is is uh is, is our exhaust sponsor on the show. But we built a box body and we built it for a woman. A oh, woman awesome. who's obsessed with Mustangs and she gave up her Mustang to take care of her community and she's known as the as the leader of her community in Alabama and she is a trip. And we revealed the car at the um not Atlanta Motor Speedway, um the motorsports park. Barbers. And uh 
oh my gosh, she lost her mind and she's like a Southern Spitfire and it's amazing. And she got behind that thing, the wheel of that thing and just, she just wanted to drive. She, off she went. It was like, bye. But um, no, you, what you're saying is 100% true. And by the way, I bought a new car. What'd you get? I got a Dodge Charger Hellcat Red Eye. Woohoo! And, uh, and 2022 i had the 2021 and then i just i was you know what i i want the latest i want 2022 so it's actually going to be waiting for in my driveway for me at the end of this trip that's so awesome excited. congratulations that is something nice to come home to that's this a little is the last year right i don't know it, it, this is you guys this is the opposite of a tesla <laughs> yeah you're exact like, opposite. you're, you're making up you for everybody that. who has teslas everybody with a tesla is looking at me like F you. Um, All I hear is America. That's a mean car, though. That's a fast, fast fucking car. On the on the female side of things, you 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 talked about there's so much there's so many more women that are getting into the industry. Is your what is your opinion on why now uh, more than before? Was it just there's more interest in it, or is it the the level of entry or the glass ceiling or the you know the barriers? are not what they once were um coming from and I, I have obviously from a male I, I shouldn't even be speaking about this but in in the mid to late 90s you know when i was getting into the industry as we as we all were it was just like if you could do it it didn't matter male female whatever i just didn't see that many women wanting to do it and i don't know if it's like it's that this is the hardcore thing it's more rebellious it's that it's I don't, I don't know i I'm, that's what I'm asking. I think that more women are confident now, um, like diving into that world. Like maybe um, if you th- if you think about the 50s, maybe women were interested or wanted to be, but didn't think that that was their place or their role. They're like, oh, I'm supposed to be in here cooking and taking care of the, the kids while, while my dude is in the garage, you know, wrenching on his uh, Bel Air, you know. And so I think that over time it's become more acceptable and and of course it's not like this just happened yesterday but like over the, over the decades women were more comfortable racing and and getting involved with the car scene and caring about what they're driving and um i think it's just that it's it's gotten to be more comfortable and women can feel more confident diving into this this space that was traditionally dominated by men and so that's kind of how i see it and you know, when I first got the the job on overhauling, I got a lot of backlash right out of the gate where, um, you know, there used to be like those chat boards where people like it was it was prior to social media really getting big. Yellow Gosh, bullet. Yeah. Remember <laughs> and, yellow bullet? Mm-hmm. People were on there like saying the, the meanest things about me. And it wasn't until some magazine articles started coming out that explained my pedigree and the fact that I grew up on a racetrack and that I, I worked on cars with my dad growing up that people started to like give me respect there. And then once that happened, there's like zero chauvinism. I don't deal with any of it. Thank God. Like everyone is so cool and welcoming and, and everyone I've worked with, all these guys are just phenomenal and supportive and I love them. And, and I feel like the industry is very supportive of women in the space, but it wasn't always like that. And so um, I really think it just boils down to like women feeling more confident. Like I can dive into this. Well, that's, I, I think that's, that- there's a lot to be said for that. My wife knows that I'm I'm not a very chauvinistic person. She's allowed to work on the cars if she wants to, but that I guarantee that dinner better be made. 
<laughs> but then you need to do some cooking too. Yeah. And you need to yeah, like I could eat barbecue a little bit. Yeah. I, when I, I was over the other weekend, you were barbecuing stuff. I can yeah, I you, can you grill it your, over. You pull your waiter. I can there. grill it over open fire. What to do with it after that? Yeah. What do we What do we put this on? All right after you <laughs> after you cut the meat off the side of the cow, you throw right. it on the open flame, right? Right. Yeah. What do we do with this? Caveman. Right. Yeah. Uh so car personal cars. You just talked about the red eye. Um, classic cars. What have you had? What do you have now? So my dream car, and like you know, I, I'm sure people ask you every day, like, what's your favorite car, right? And it's so hard. It's like, who's your favorite kid? Right. For, for Phil, that's um, easy. I mean, the Miatas, it's just bam, he could fire it off. Yeah, Phil's obviously Miata. It's the king. Right. Yeah, I mean, like for me, <laughs> it's, it's my '57 Thunderbird. It's Ooh. A 57 Thunderbird. Nice. Like my first classic car that I always dreamed of having. It's American Graffiti, although that was a '56. Um, I just, I, I always loved that that car. And so, as soon as I started making money, real money, where I could afford to to, to get some classic cars, the, the first one I, I wanted was a 57 Thunderbird. And there was nights that I was. I was researching online and I, and this is not an endorsement, but I was, I was on eBay motors and, um, and I was just like, Thunderbird. and there was one on Robertson Boulevard, like just a couple miles from where I live. And so of course the next day I went to take a look at it and drove it and was like, bam, I'm buying this car. So I bought the car and I, to this day, it's my favorite car to, I mean, it's not like a performance vehicle, obviously, but, um, it's my favorite car to cruise in. And so I'm always cruising the Sunset Strip. And is it white? Melrose and PCH. It's white, white, white. It's oh, white, man. white, white. So you've got, you got the whole American graffiti thing going on, huh? Yeah. Damn. Yes. Just That's... no Continental kits. There's no tire on the yeah. on the back, no wheel <laughs> on the back. But um, it's so beautiful and all original. And I post pictures of it all the time. It's my favorite car. But then I, I also have a 70s E28. Um and it's all original as well, but I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have some fun with that one. And then I have a 70 Mach one that I got from DJ Funkmaster Flex. Um, I have uh, we have we have to have the baby friendly car, so I've got Range Rover supercharged. Um, the baby and, needs a although, supercharger, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's case, like, <laughs> in case of uh, emergency, yeah, yeah if you got to like evade a situation, you know, right. you need a little extra. Wine you need some there. HPs. Yeah, sure. Baby needs a red eye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> baby needs a red eye. That's like that. Um, and then I think I need to add like a. I I have my eye on a '68 Charger. Um, and I love the '67 GTO convertible. I want all the manufacturers represented in my garage and I gravitate American. So I like your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The T-Bird's cool. We got, what's a 56 or seven? 56. Yeah. We got a 56. That's just been chilling. They're so hard to do all the things that need to be done, but they're cool to drive. Them. Like you, cars. you sit in them really well. Cause it's almost like Corvette ish and they're kind of fun to drive. They're a little sporty, but Oh, driving cool. the, the T-Bird that we've got or whatever. I could see the appeal to the Miata. <laughs> with the top down oh, and yeah. small that power to weight ratio i can see it like if you yeah. if you take another 10 inches off the wheelbase and shave a thousand pounds it's a sports car bill doesn't both of you bill doesn't have record. the wins that jerry hansen has but he's <laughs> he's an aspiring he's competitive scca yeah. absolutely <laughs> big miata racer yeah. not a miata and yeah racer. the t-bird's comfortable because it's like a couch 
like I, it's like just sliding behind you know you're like sliding into a couch yeah. those cars it's like are an old so... like steakhouse booth on the seat oh it is like an old steakhouse <laughs> totally. yeah, with the big, there's a big cow out front yeah. it's got a but it's <laughs> it's got so many cool little details i mean the gauge cluster the is gauge fucking cluster awesome is the sickest thing ever with the yeah. little acrylic see-through thing yeah. on the top it's yeah they're cool yeah now we've got fucking ipad in the center and it goes zoom, zoom. Yeah, fucking ipad in the center of the dash yeah absolutely <laughs> What I want to get is one of uh, Kindig's vets. Oh, oh, I love them. That, That's a yeah. sexy, sexy car. Yes, it is. It's like one of the sexiest cars I've ever seen. Well, and his, uh, oh my gosh, what's the green? The Pantera. Pantera. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, his Pantera is like the most badass car. But those Corvettes, you guys are, are working on them with him, right? Yeah. We do all the chassis for him. But yeah, he came, when yeah. he came to us and talking about this, I'm like, Dude, that's the wrong gear Corvette. How the hell are you? I was so skeptical until you see that car. It is, I mean, it's breathtaking. It's so well done. We do this for a living and been doing it for quite some time. That was the <laughs> first build that I was like, oh, so I could just like pay him to do it and, yes. just, and, yeah. and have right. one of those. Every time you see something nice that somebody builds, you're like, holy shit, that's awesome. But in your head, you're thinking, Maybe I should build myself one. Or I that, would change these 800 things. I would on change it. these. Yeah. That point was just like, all right, so how much? Like, yeah, so you do like payments? Like, what's do the deal? Blue one? <laughs> yeah. Aren't you guys like, he's like way backed up on those yeah. builds, right? Yeah. He's, he's sold the shit out of, oh, rightfully slow. Yeah. He does them, does them well. They look awesome. You can drive them anywhere. Yeah. It's not a Miata. Yeah. No, that's definitely not. <laughs> I, I appreciate you not taking the Miata bait and running with that. We have we have an ongoing joke um, that we have an alter ego of Phil that he drives a Honda Ridgeline, has a Honda generator, has a home-built trailer, and he SCCA races a Miata on the weekends, and we just don't know about it. <laughs> she grew up owning a racer. You don't think they had, like, an outbuilding full of Miatas for, like, club racing and teaching drivers? I mean, she's I, used to it. She knows. They're Trans Am racing with Paul Newman. No, they had no Miatas. <laughs> All right. That's <laughs> a pretty good point. There was no Miata yeah, in good point. I also signed Josh's paycheck. So. <laughs> uh, so what out of all the stuff you've done, all the builds you've been a part of, what's something that if you had to think back right now, you're given 30 seconds. What's a highlight? What's something that was a moment that you said all this hard work is paying off or holy shit, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is the funnest moment I'm ever having. Something that's the that's the crown jewel as of right now. You know, the opportunity to work with Chip Foose on Overholland was really special. And there were many times that I was like, wow, this is super, super cool. Like building Lance Armstrong's GTO in Austin. And uh, that, that just stands out to me for some reason. And like hanging with Cheryl Crow and like, you know, we're conspiring to build this car for Lance Armstrong with her. That was that was super cool. And just um, all of the different people who came on Overholland as guests. And, uh, you know, you've had a lot of them on your show. I, I it was just it, it was an honor to work with these people and to learn from them. And so I, I just Overholland stands out. And then, you know, just the opportunity to talk with you guys and, and, and people who really love cars and care about our industry and. And we can share stories like that to me is what it's all about. And to inspire anybody along the way makes me so happy. Like if, if I can inspire a woman out there, a kid out there or a dude to get 
more involved with the car world. Like I think I've affected my husband in a positive way when it comes to cars. You know, he likes cars, but now he really likes cars. And so, um, and it's a, it's a joy to be able to talk cars and make people happy and, and maybe inspire a couple people along the way. Well, you, you did mention Chip Foose. That was your first thing. That was your go-to. I urge you personally to go and listen mm. to the episode that just dropped a couple weeks ago with Troy Trepanier. We had him on as a hey, guest just a couple days ago. So Troy, Troy did a special story time. He stayed on late for us. He had his son with us. He was in studio. He stayed on late, yeah. gave a special story time specifically about Chip Foose and his, him and his trip to uh, Japan. And it is quite a story that you worth a listen. It's worth a listen. Fast forward through all of us talking, just get to that story time part, and uh, you will you will be dying laughing. Okay, I'm definitely going to. So I was about to watch it, and then I I got you're on you're on vacation, so you have way more important things to be doing. (laughs) Well, and I I have deadlines with the show. We're literally delivering episodes as of tomorrow, and so I'm like doing these edits, and I have to give notes, and they're they're like you have to give notes right away. I have been pulling all-nighters. I, I look like shit because I've been pulling all-nighters this entire week. I, like at least 3, 4 a.m. I'm up and, and a couple of nights I was I had to be up all night because the editors have they have to have my notes to meet these deadlines, whatever. But so I was going to watch the Troy Penny episode and I definitely will. And he was one of the people that w- was just, you know, an honor to work with on Overhauling. And one of my favorite cars ever is the car he built for Joe Rogan, Sickfish, Cuda. Um, I was like, can you do one of those for me? I was like, yep, for the price of... <laughs> He's not going to do it as cheap as he did that one. That no, case. yeah, that His one. His rates have changed. Yeah. Rates have changed since then. Joe's getting, but, that, um, Joe's getting that car back. Is he? He bought he bought the car back um, last year and sent it to us, and uh, it's uh, a 2022 version. Yeah. yeah. So oh, wow. Yeah, he should have it back... Uh, Probably end of this year or something. Yeah, it's over at our buddy Vont Gar down in Stewart, Florida, getting some interior work done. Yep. And it's all to Joe. All done minus interior and some tuning, and it'll be headed back to Joe. That car's insane. So sick. And you know, an- another thing that comes to mind too is just like the fact that I was able to execute this show, Ride of Your Life, um, under the circumstances uh, in a global pandemic and get it across the finish line. But looking this good and with this incredible team and just like conquering all the obstacles along the way it's a gratifying feeling and so that that stands out in my mind too as something that's a real highlight of my life so and and my daughter's a part of many of the episodes and my husband's even in there a little bit and so it's special because like it's 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 you know my family's there in the mix with me and it's a dream coming true so awesome so cool so cool to have the, to have the family involved. How how do you juggle that with the daughter? Your daughter, you said, is eight years old. It was a, it was a grind. So um, obviously, when we you know buy better cars going forward and don't have to put so much uh, time and and uh, energy on both sides of the camera into these builds, I won't be uh, away from home as much. But I was going back and forth from Atlanta to my home in Florida every three days, like flying during a pandemic every three days that's why i got covid and um i got it really bad i've never smoked i have no respiratory issues and i'm super healthy uh but i got it bad and i think it was just because my immune system was down and all that travel but 
I was determined to spend at least half of every week with her because these are her formative years. And, and so I was like, yeah, this project is really important and this is my career, but I also need to be a mom. And so I did not have a day off for like a year and a half because we worked every weekend. So I would work on the show when I was in Atlanta and then at, at home, you know, as a mom, driving her to school and back and to all of her activities. So it, it was grueling for me, <laughs> but um, I, I found the balance and now it will be easier going forward because, again, I, I know how to do this now a lot more efficiently and cost effectively. Awesome. That's a hell of a work ethic to be able to juggle. That's what take. That's the key to success. We talk about thought, this all the time. I thought you just get lucky. I thought you isn't it? I mean, you hear <laughs> you hear about that all the time. People are like, off. you know, yeah. I, I work for this many years without taking a day off, or I work for this many years without a paycheck, and I did this for this, and I did this for this, and it's sacrifice. That's the thing is that that old those golden rules, you know, that we all learned as a kid, you know, was you know hard work pays off, you know, and I don't. That's not taught it's anymore. The, it's the sayings that nobody really pays attention to. Yeah, it was easy. Anybody would do it. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're all sayings for a reason yeah. because they're fucking true. And now it's like, you know, it's, it's right now. Well, you know, I've been doing this for four days, but I don't want to do it anymore or I'm bored or I'm tired or I did this or I did that. And it's nobody wants to like really kick ass, like seriously do what it needs to be done. You said you went that, that a year and a half without a, a, a day off. That's, or a paycheck, like you, you just mentioned. I, I didn't. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you guys care or if anybody cares, but I didn't take a paycheck on this show in any way for two years, and I put a lot of my own money into it. So that was another sacrifice. And and um, yeah, as a as a as a working woman who pays my own bills, that was a tough sacrifice as well. But it's what I had to do to get it across the finish line because we lost one and a half million in sponsorships when COVID happened. So it's, it was, it was a sacrifice on many levels, but it makes it all the more gratifying. All those things are true. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm not, I'm not educated enough to say this, but it's very rare. I haven't heard the story of someone that comes on a podcast or an interview or a magazine article or anybody. It's like, I kicked ass. I never took a day (laughs) off. I sacrificed. I did this and I still failed. Nobody, nobody ever, you know what I'm saying? You're just like, oh, why not me? I did all the, it's always, well, I, this didn't happen. And then you start digging deeper and it's like, well, yeah, but you didn't put in the fucking work. Like it's, it is tough. It is hard. Anything that's worth doing, you know, is worth doing. Uh, it's just, I don't know. We talk about this with all different people of uh, all different walks of life. And it's, it's funny how it continues to come up and it's, it's a trend, especially in today's day and age in the workforce of what we're, you know, what you see daily of trying to hire people and, and, and the new generation coming up, we've all got kids and we're trying to raise them the right way. I mean, things they come, come home saying, you know, that they're getting taught or the other friends are saying this. And it's like between that and Tesla's, I'm telling you, (laughs) it's definitely what their friends are saying. Because when my son comes home and he says that he tells his friends, if they want to listen to a cool podcast where they say a lot of swear words, (laughs) <laughs> and play with knives you should listen to my dad's so yeah it's yeah it's definitely the, the friends are the bad influence it's not, not the parents uh next yeah one. and you know like i like there's cussing around our daughter and i'm like you know get, like holland is her name like, holland whatever we're adults you can say what we want but she won't drive a tesla and she will work her ass off like me period That's perfect. and her dad yeah. like, she's, gonna, she's go, being raised right <laughs> yep the ne- and the- she won't get on the back of a motorcycle <laughs> well 
she'll have to make her own decision on that. You got to learn from your mistakes. Yeah, exactly. The next question was supposed to be about advice, but I want to know if you have, do you have a kick-ass Bud Brutzman story? Oh, you know, yeah, we know Bud pretty well. I we love don't... Bud. I love Bud so much. Like, I'm so grateful to him and AJ. First of all, it's pretty funny to me that um, that people, our, our fans, fans of the show, tried to make AJ and I enemies. And we've always been great friends. Like, she, I left the show. I went on to do other stuff. And AJ took my spot. And the fans had a field day with that trying to make us enemies and and like she was just at my daughter's birthday party the other day and I just posted pictures of us last night on Instagram and social media and um it just makes us laugh because we're we've always been really close and she was part of the interview process when they hired me for overhauling and I, I saw her and I was like oh my god this drop dead gorgeous girl is definitely the one who's getting the job and then she's like okay so here fill out this form and and I need your ID and whatever I'm like wait she's the casting person. She's not the one getting the job. And so, um, she was a big part of that. And, and Bud believed in me and, and I'm so grateful to him for believing in me. And, um, I, I, I literally like, it makes me emotional because like, if it wasn't for Bud, I, I might not be in this exact spot where I am now, or it might not have happened the way it did or as quickly as it did. And so I absolutely love him, but he's, effing crazy as you know okay good i was yeah. gonna say that's not the i wanted a bad bud story yeah, i didn't yeah. want to hear about yeah, how good really like, we we <laughs> have like, ever seen bud ever, like, not wearing all black it's like johnny no, cash he's only worn black 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 and his son juice black 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 and like if i had a, a, a white party he's showing up in all black <laughs> but bud would be like hey have you ever been choked out before i'm like <laughs> choke out people guess and over Holland and cameraman and me and like crazy. <laughs> and uh, there was a time we went to um, he, his family's from Wyoming and uh, we did an episode at WyoTech in Wyoming um, with Jesse Combs. And, um, and we took a four door, uh, a four door sh- uh, Bel Air and made it into a two door convertible. And um, it was an, a crazy build, but we were at this restaurant called the Buckhorn. It's a bar and restaurant. And there's these really steep stairs there and, and you're supposed to roll down the stairs and it's called the buckhorn roll. And Bud was, you know, determined to, to get drunk and then do the buckhorn roll. And like, you literally break ribs doing this. And wow, imagine the steepest flight of stairs and you're doing uh, like wood stairs and you're rolling down the wood stairs. And so he did that repeatedly and injured himself and was crazy. And then we're like, in rental cars and he's doing the most insane stuff that you're not supposed to do in any car ever, but definitely not the car that you rented. <laughs> and, and so, you know, Bud nearly killed us behind the wheel of many things, but he was a blast to hang with. And he's obviously the, the coolest guy. And, and I owe so much of, of my, you know, my career and life uh, to, to him paving the way. So Bud's, Bud's a super fucking cool dude. We've dealt with Bud, yeah. we've hung out with him a bunch during the Battle of the Builders stuff, kind of built quite a friendship. And I've always looked at Bud as being like in the evil villain in some sort of a superhero movie. <laughs> Doesn't he look like he's got this look that just well like, he needs to cast himself the in the movie something starts like out where you're kind of like, I think that's the I bad guy. Uh, maybe he starts <laughs> up as kind it, of a good guy. Yeah, but yeah. At the very end, you're like, Yeah, that's the fucking bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> 
But you know what? He's a softy though too. Like he has a huge heart and he's such a softy underneath it. And uh, yeah, I think it's like a facade. A lot of it's a facade. <laughs> and he likes to show off his jujitsu moves. Oh and... shit, he knows that shouldn't be talking <laughs> shit. I didn't know he knew jujitsu. He's going to choke the shit out of you. <laughs> and see him. Uh, get with Blaze, start training. Damn it. What's uh? What's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? To be a better listener, I think. My mom told me when I was little, she was like, I mean, that's just the first thing that came to mind. She was like, you know, everybody likes to talk in life. And they like to talk about themselves. And um, she's like, just just be a better listener. Like, listen to what people have to say, because you'll learn and it will make you a cooler person and you'll be a more open minded person. And so that was really good advice. And then my dad, it's very simple. It's trite, but it's so true. He was like, think big, think big, think big aim big, you know, shoot as high as you can go. So if I ever was like, dad, should I try this? Dad, should I try to executive produce a 12 episode TV series where we're building custom cars in two weeks during a global pandemic? He'd be like, go for it, go for it. Aim big, absolutely. So um, those two pieces of advice really resonate. And don't get in the back of a motorcycle. <laughs> Someone who doesn't know how to ride. I think he did a solid one. You didn't take that <laughs> advice, but now you, you can pass that on. Now you got to like, learn from experience. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any advice for young girls trying to get into this industry? All of us have daughters, and I think it's a a pretty uh, clear path for a boy to get into the industry. Growing up, you know, in cars, working on cars, kind of it's a natural transition. Um, I, I think you're a great role model for women, girls in the industry. Um, what's your advice to, to help them get in and, and choose their direction? Like my dad said, go for it. And, and just like, think hard about what you want to do and where you will excel, you know, know what you're good at. Like, like think about what you're good at, what your strong suit is, and then go for that and, and be open to, um, all realms of the automotive industry, because there's so much out there that you can be a part of and dive into and just go for your dreams and don't let anyone stand in your way. I was told no a million times. I was told no to the point during auditions and castings that, that like, you know, it, it was very tempting to give up along the way, but you just have to keep going and you have to believe in yourself because if you don't, who's going to believe in you? And um, so I would say hone in on your skill set and, and where you will shine and then don't give up, go for it. And right now is the time for the woman. And, you know, it is what it is, right? Like this is like where women are getting the Hollywood jobs and women are, um, are, are conquering in every field and they're conquering in automotive. So like, let's seize this opportunity and strike while the iron's hot and we can, and we can really make a mark. And so that's, that's, that's great advice. It's interesting advice too, that you wouldn't even bother to tell them that no matter what their job is, no matter what their career path is, they're going to be continued to be surrounded by 14 year old boys, no matter, <laughs> yeah. no matter how, what their age are. Yeah. No matter, that's, that's, wow. That's, that's a light. That's pretty good. It's the yeah. truth. It, yep. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and to not be a victim, like, like I am so not a victim. Like I've been a, I've been a sub, I've been subjected to the me too thing and I have crazy me too stories that would like blow your mind. And like, I've, I've told, you know, only my closest friends about, uh, about this because I don't want to be a victim. Like I don't want that stigma attached to me. And, and like, I think every woman deals with it in some way, but like, 
you know, don't be a victim. And also don't let guys like talk to you in a disrespectful manner and like fight for your place there, you know, like walk into the garage with confidence and, and like do what you do with confidence. And, um, you don't have to be a bitch and you don't have to be uh, a know-it-all, but like be strong and confident and, and like never a victim and, and don't take shit from anybody. And like, that's worked for me. And, and, um, I believe that's a good formula. The, the Me Too movement was an interesting one that that jumped out to me as one of those like totally overlooking, like poor marketing that uh, us older people, we remember what is now known as a hashtag sign. That was the pound <laughs> button on the telephone. Pound Me Too. Yeah, it, it's like, man, did they miss the fucking mark on that? <laughs> it's not to... Make I don't. Yeah, I don't. Right. You're right. Serious situation, but there's other ways. Of, there's so back, many other things you could have called that. Back to my point of it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how high you rise, and the age of those other employees, you're still 14. surrounded by. Exactly. Yeah. Years and the, and Josh, yeah. Point case. It's point. Right. Uh, if you could go back in time and give yourself a piece of advice, when would it be, and what would it be? Um, if I could go back and give you can't use the motorcycle story. (laughs) No, 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 we get it. Don't get on the motherfucking motorcycle. No. Um, I would say that I would have, um, I would have, I would have moved to LA sooner. Cause like it was, it was, it it was in the back of my mind for years. Like I, I graduated from Florida state. Um, and then I just thought it was like the right thing to do to go work in corporate America and my parents, like, I, I thought I would make them proud and I had a good gig and where I, w- I was going to be making a nice chunk of money. And looking back, like, it was okay. It was part of my journey, but I feel like it was kind of like a sellout move to, I wasn't really happy doing that. And I was living in a place that didn't make me happy. And so, like, I, I was doing that for a couple of years. And, like, and I, and I wonder, like, what, what would have happened had I moved to L.A., you know, three or four years sooner than I did. So... I think that goes back to to like follow your dreams, do what you want to do, like really just do it. We only live one freaking life. Like we, we need to max it out and be happy. So if I could do it over, I would have followed my heart more and like done what I wanted to do instead of what I felt like was conventional and what my parents wanted me to do. And I also would have probably like started having kids earlier because it was my dream to have a big family. And we have a daughter who's like five kids in one but she's an only child and we're still trying, but um, yeah, I would, I would love to have more, had more kids too. So those, those are my two pieces of advice that I would give myself if I could go back. Nice. Those are good ones. Uh, and now we come to the standard questions we ask every single guest. Some of these are going to sound weird, but you've if you've already listened to a few episodes, we know that we're, you're, we're kind of weird. So, uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Do you have a personal favorite SEMA story? Um, my favorite SEMA story was when we were in the heart. We were in the heat heart of Overholland. It was uh, two thousand. I want to say two thousand four, and we built a car at SEMA for the first time. We built a Mustang for this this older gentleman, and it was so badass to be at. SEMA with the number one automotive show on the air 
and to be building this insane car with Chip Foose and an audience. And it was unlike anything I've ever experienced. It was so cool. And um, when Overholland was in its prime that year, it was like 2003 to five, that it was like so, so huge. Um, as you guys know, it's like, it, it's hard to get around SEMA, <laughs> but it made me so happy that there were so many fans of our show and so many supportive people out there and so many car enthusiasts loving what we were doing. And um, that was special. That stands out for sure. Big time. Awesome. I always say that it's like, you're the Michael Jordan of something. I feel like <laughs> overhauling is like in the TV car industry world, like everything is compared to overhaul and it's everybody knows it. everybody's seen it. It's like the benchmark level. Right. Well, because Chip Foose set the bar, right? As a, as, a, as a car customizer, designer, he set the bar and he's arguably the best ever. And then, um, I mean, certainly like he, pa he, he paved the way and then Bud produced an amazing show. And, um, and I think that the, it, it was so fun with the pranks that Chris would do and the heart to it um, with what we were doing for the people and the fact that you're seeing a woman in the mix like that for the first time on a car show. Um, I think all those variables really helped it to be the perfect recipe and it was cool to be a part of that. And it still has a cult following all over the world. It's the it's friends, the friends or uh, Seinfeld of our, <laughs> our of yeah. our industry. Yeah, you're right. It was, it's yeah. the perfect team, perfect group of people, perfect concept and executed so well. Still, a, yeah, it's a phenomenal show. Just honestly, it was just too good of people. They're trying to do good things. All they needed the time. to throw some people like us in there to just. Fuck <laughs> it, up a it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have gone as well. Water. It wouldn't have gone as well. Uh, okay, we had Bud in the mix. We had Bud in the mix. And, <laughs> you know, Bud created it, and, and he created the best show. I think sure all the best car show. And ever. before that, he did rides, which rides was kick ass. Yep. Also, Bud's got a, a lot of good shows out there. But I, I feel like we've talked about it. We need to see if we can con Bud. We're into trying it. to get Bud on. Yeah. Now that I hear about his step story, but let's get him on because that's you guys can share yeah. something in common. You guys stream badass. You guys can share Tell tumbling you, down steps. Anybody stories. that can throw themselves downstairs <laughs> is uh, a badass. And you know from experience. Yep, I know all about it. <sighs> uh, what's the best car movie? Or your favorite car movie, and why? Um. Oh, that's so hard. That's so hard. You can do multiples. Oh man! I mean, so many things come come to mind. The, like, what's the first thing that came to your mind right that right when uh, I asked that question? I mean, like, of course, I think Bullet, and then I think like Smoking the Bandit, and then I think American Graffiti. But that wasn't really a good movie. I just love the cars. I love the cars. Um, and then I think like Days of Thunder. Like, Ooh. I love Days of Thunder. I'm a NASCAR person. I work with NASCAR. You know what I Courtney's love a Southern NASCAR. girl. The two that she that's. Those are on top of my list. You can see the different guests that we have on that. What what uh, area of the country they grew up in by their favorite car movie? I'm from Minnesota, though. I'm from Minnesota, but then but it then like I moved to Florida. That. Yeah. You went you went to college in Florida State. Yeah, I went to college in Florida State, but I'm so not a Southern girl. Like I'm I'm a Minnesota girl through and through. And then and then I hate to say, it, guys, I love California. Like I I have a home in California that I've had for 20 years, and I love California. If you take whatever your politics are, if you take politics out of California and traffic on the 405, you have like the perfect place in the world to live. And I absolutely love it. So but where are you at in, in California? Where's the sweet spot there? Uh, LA. 
LA. Oh. That's but Minnesota is where I'm from. So like I guess coming from I Minnesota, put, LA is pretty damn cool. <laughs> from anywhere LA is pretty damn cool it has everything the mountains the beaches the desert the restaurants and shopping and all of it and you and you you can be in this huge city but yet like feel like you're not like at my house I feel like there's such privacy and we have trees and a backyard and a front patio and like and and I'm often like I don't even feel like I'm in LA but I can step out and be a part of everything and so it's like the best of all of it but um the movie thing, though, it's just like the car, the, the car movies that I've grown up with. I think there's something to appreciate about all of them. I mean, even like Talladega Nights. Oh, no one's brought that up yeah, yet. Yeah, fucking Cal Naughton Jr. I mean, <laughs> dude, I was just thinking about the other day. That, the name Cal Naughton Jr., whoever came up with that, that's gold. I mean, wow. First of all, that, those two together, that's, that's two of the best movies. I mean, Step Brothers and Talladega Nights gave us comedy gold <laughs> yeah for decades yeah. totally so on, with I bullet you it. said you're a the char 68 charger something you're looking to add to yeah. your collection does is bullet attractive to you because of steve mcqueen and the bullet or the charger chase yeah. car both is because then now then i'll have a charger and i'll have a <laughs> and i have a mustang so like oh nice yeah uh, yeah one of each um so I just love, I mean, Steve McQueen, badass. And that scene is insane. My, I, I showed it to Holland the other night, watched it a couple of times. Um, so, and I, and like hearing all the stories about Steve McQueen and of course, like sitting in cars that he owned at the Peterson Museum, um, that movie becomes all the more special. He used to love like racing on Mulholland Drive and the cops tried to get him all the time and like they they would like have bets and could never catch him <laughs> remember that movie um, remember the movie they did where that badass dude was driving that ev and it was in that chase yeah with all the chicks in the yeah all the like a bunch of chicks in the car because <laughs> yeah, it hasn't fucking happened right. i mean every movie that's made now even john wick they put a muscle car in it i mean all this stuff you've got to put the muscle car true. in. i'm telling you courtney's courtney's on my side it's the I am totally but hey, then not my daughter who just watched it. Like Holland talks about uh Teslas all the time and she's like intrigued by Teslas for some reason. I'm like, no. Well they're intriguing. Like me. Yeah. <laughs> What's uh the very first car you ever owned? And a the funny first story. The car I ever owned was an IROC Z. Come say hi real quick. Um was an IROC Z um, hey. Camaro. <laughs> this this is Holland, my eight hey, year Holland. <laughs> She ran right away. <laughs> I want no part of this. A really big, important podcast. <laughs> Stranger so danger. She's a soccer star. She's a little soccer star. I see star rocking the soccer jersey. Huh? Awesome. She's, she's killing it. Like she's, she's scoring 11 goals in a game. Like she was oh. just in the hardest league um, in LA and she was MVP. Nice. Wow. Congratulations. So, Perseverance. Yeah. Holland, you're saying congrats to you. But Kicking she, butt. She's. We've got to steer her away from Teslas and, and like, and, uh, well, when you take her for a ride in that new red eye, I think she'll be, she'll do it. She'll be pretty stoked. No, she, it's like a she's roller coaster. In it and she's oh. like, she doesn't know how cool it is. I'm like, Holland, ask the boys in school. Like, I wish you could ask the girls too. But I'm like, ask the boys how cool this car is. Like, she's like, mom, I'm embarrassed when you're in the carpool lane. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, this she, is the coolest car. She's so much see, noise. see my, my daughter and son, they, my son's like one of our biggest fans. So he knows every vehicle we've ever built down to like what motor and what chassis in it. So he has a long list of all the vehicles he wants me to pick them up from school. And 
because he's at that age. He's 11 now, so he wants to <laughs> show like, off. Yeah, he wants to be people to see, like, you know, yes. The, yes. this Camaro and this Chevelle come pick him up. So she'll yes. get there. She'll get there. I, I was picked up in a darn minivan, you know, like it was like the quintessential like horror story. <laughs> I'm like, Holland, you're getting picked up from school in a red eye. It's cool. I mean, I, as a kid, I, I remember I'd hear, you know, when dad was coming in like the NSX or, yeah. you know, a Corvette. I'm like, yes. you know, you, you kind of like, like scurry to the front of the line. This is, that's my dad. That's my I'm dad. just getting, this is just me over here. I'm just going to kind of get in with, see you guys. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Enjoy the minivan. Maybe start maybe playing. Maybe this is like a thing with screw. Maybe start be. playing um, like uh, Days of Thunder or, uh, or smoking the Bandit at night. Here, just like is, his white noise just in the dude, background. This is another way of looking at it. I mean, you remember the scene in Billy Madison where he shows up in the Trans Am with the jean jacket? Dana. That could be all of us. You know, we might we might be sitting there thinking that we're like super badass and she's like, Oh my god, mom, this is so embarrassing. Like, totally. Oh, and then there's the movies Gone in Sixty Seconds and Fast and Furious, of course. Oh my god. Like it's yeah. it's hard to like it's hard to pick one car movie. It is. But you're right. I need to convince Holland though that the charger is cool. I need to get some some of the young boys, like her, her favorite guys, to tell her like that. <laughs> you tell how badass it is. I would try to keep yes. her away from the younger boys, honestly. <sighs> it's, it's inevitable. Uh, and the and last but not least, I know you got to go. You you're on family vacation. We got to let you go. This is the last question. This is the question we ask every single guest. It's gonna seem super weird, but it's what fans have. Come to it's, what the, it's what the fans want. It's what the fans want. It's time for you to do a pocket dump. You've got to show what's in your pockets right now. I, I have nothing in my pockets. Or I'm wearing a bathing suit. By the way, this is a bathing suit. <laughs> I'm wearing a bathing suit because... Well, what is, it, what is in your closest fanny pack and or purse? Think, You've got to dump something. Um, okay. In, in my purse... Um, oh, gosh. Do I have to find it? Wait. There's like... Okay. Um, I have lip gloss, lip liner, and hand sanitizer, and credit cards with money. I'm trying to think if there's anything fun. There's definitely Tic Tacs and gum, always. Um, my sunglasses, because I'm I'm ordinarily wearing glasses because I have to, but I took them off for this. Um, I have um, let's see. Mm, I'm trying. Oh, I I have crystals in there. Like I, I love crystals and like I, I, I kind of appreciate the meaning behind the different crystals. So I do have some of those and um, uh, I have something else that's cool. I don't know. Um, I was just in Europe, so I probably have some euros in there. Um, hey, that's and that'll work. Maybe a map. I think there is because we're, you know, traveling in Sun Valley and and uh and then usually it happens where I leave hotel keys in there. And and so I'm sure I have some hotel keys that I, I get a stack of them. We talk <laughs> we talk about that quite a bit. The hotel keys stack up and then it's time what for is a it purge. About the hotel I think it's the checkout day. You're not you're like, maybe I gotta run back up to the hotel room when you're right. So you kinda like, like you tuck it away and then save it. And you gotta yeah. wait till like a couple weeks later and you never do it. <laughs> I was hoping for a Polaroid picture of Bud passed out, but that's fine. <laughs> Not a big deal. I have so many albums from the overall days, and Bud is in a lot of pictures. We, we had so much fun. We would also prank all the time. 
we had this thing where we pranked each other and like Chip is a total prankster and Chris, of course. And so, oh my God, that time in Wyoming, we did some crazy stuff. Like we let all the air out of, of um, the tires of Bud's car. Um, we, we, they, 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 with lipstick put all over the, I didn't do it, but, but like Chris and Chip, but like, um, like bad words that I shouldn't say in front of my daughter, like all over the windshield and all over the, all over the windows. And, um, we turned Foose's bedroom upside down and, um, it's not just and us we kind though. of like, yeah. I, I'm sure we got some damage fees because we trashed <laughs> I think it's the but, uh, it's the car industry that leads yeah. to the immaturity, what, not to the. What happened to, to you, room in Nashville? In Nashville? Yeah. Oh. Remember we got in there late. Yeah. We oh, this one quick story, and then we'll let you go. Yeah, yeah, Courtney. yeah, yeah. So no, you're fine. Me and Jeremy, or we flew down to uh, South Florida to pick up a truck uh, that just got done with interior at Avant Garde. Jeremy Carlson did uh, another phenomenal job. We drew, we flew down there hopped in the truck we're going to drive it uh all the, the way back show. yeah to the good guys show in nashville so we uh standard fashion we fly down uh we're running a little bit late we do the whole thing we hang out with the interior shop we do that so we get on the road at like five o'clock in the evening show starts the next morning we're in uh uh, uh what palm beach uh yeah west palm west palm area so we hit the road it's gonna be a great evening we had nothing to do but drive and drive to nashville there was Several cool stories, oh, lots of hijinks, lots of things along the way. We get to Nashville. We get to Nashville about 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, go, to the, go, go to bed. We, we pass out, and we've been driving all night long. I got to go to the show the next morning early. So I drive I the truck. flying home. And Jeremy's flying home. He's got a family thing to, to, to get back to. So I drive to the show. Do the show all day long. Still, I had like probably three hours of sleep. Got to get to the show at like seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, do the show. Go out to dinner with some uh, clients. Do that. Get home. Get back to the hotel late. And get back to the hotel probably 1130. So he probably just wanted to go to sleep. Right? I just, all just I want to do is go to sleep. I walk into my hotel room, the one we shared the night before. And both beds are pushed together. And there's a teepee made out of the mattresses and there's no sheets to be found there's no pillows to be found there's no nothing to be found i'm like what the fuck and instantly i'm like i know what's going on so i walked into the bathroom there's a tower of all of the items that were in the room and in the bathroom and in your dob kit and and everything that was in my dob kit oh my god there's a tower like so you can't grab anything it's all the way at the top all the sheets, all yeah. the pillows, everything's in the tub. It's like, I just want to go to sleep. That's all I want to do. <laughs> no. Yeah, so I, I haphazardly put the, put the bed back together, went you to sleep just, on a mattress. You, you can't let us car folks stay anywhere. It sucked. 14-year-old boys. 14-year-old boys. That's exactly what we always are. For <laughs> Courtney, it's been great. I know you got to get back to yeah, your family. Awesome. You're on vacation. Um, if you're ever in the Chicago area, we'd love to do this again in studio. Seriously, yes, show you around the show. It. I would love it, you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. It's it's an honor for me, and um, I'm excited to watch the Troy Trepanier episode. Is there is there any other that you think like? Hurry up and watch that one before Foose's lawyers send a cease and desist. Yeah, you gotta watch yeah. it quick. <laughs> Foose is gonna shut it down. Yeah, there's quick. gonna be a defamation lawsuit coming pretty quick. Uh, yeah, there's a few I, good ones. We're looking to... forward to uh, to uh, the Royal Garage for sure. Yeah, so, uh, and and I'll see you guys at SEMA. 
We'll Absolutely. Be, we'll, we will be there. We'll be there. Yay. Okay. Are you guys going to be doing anything live? Uh, we might do something. Yeah, we're, we're thinking about doing a yeah, doing a live episode one day and just having a bunch of guests in. If you're available, we'd love to have you on. I, I will be there all week, and uh, from from because I'm now on both sides of the camera, <laughs> I'll be there from like you know Sunday to yeah the following. Way right too, way too long to be in Vegas. Yeah, way too long. But I'll 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 see you guys in Vegas, and thank you so much for having me on. We'll thank see you. you out there. Thank you. Have a Thanks, great vacation. Gordon. Take care. Take care. Cheers. Bye. 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 Big thanks again to Courtney Hansen. You can check out Courtney's website at CourtneyHanson.com and follow her on the social media via Instagram at Courtney underscore Hansen. H-A-N-S-E-N. Hansen with an E. All right, that'll do it for part one of this episode. Be sure to tune in to part two of the episode, which drops on Thursday. Thanks for listening to Oil & Whiskey with the Roadster Shop and Ironclad Original. If you like the show, be sure to leave a rating and a review. 